sometimes the real story of it is much more intensely interesting uh, than the fantasy version of the story of it. Like, like when, when people are talking about time travel and going back and, and fucking old celebrities or whatnot, they never talk about the STDs or pregnancy that can ensue. Look, man, if if look if the real story doesn't have time travel or doesn't have fucking super like hey the world is as interesting as fucking intergang because they sell fucking apocalypse technology and do stuff and their main dude's go- government name is <laughs> ugly manheim so like who's somebody named their child actually is bruno manheim's government name ugly am i i, I just called him bruno and i obviously answered the question for myself but like <laughs> I forget that he has a real name because his name is. And, ugly and what's Manheim. really weird about that is, by the standards of of comic books, he's not really. Like he's not ugly. He's just an ordinary looking yeah, dude with a mustache. Looks... De- Which I guess it depends. Puts him in the same Some league as Tony br- Stark. That's a, that's an artist thing, right? <laughs> ugly Stark. Tony Stank. Tony Stank. Yeah. Tony Stank. Do, 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 do. <laughs> But yeah, so with that hard. Yeah, I was. I'm actually kind of glad you didn't start talking about the Terminator's dick there. (laughs) Why would I talk about? Hi there. This is from the rooftops, a podcast about superheroes. That's Clay. Oh. Oh! <laughs> and I appear to have broken him. And that's... Uh, I forgot about the time herpes. <laughs> yeah, see, now he's babbling about the time herpes. Alright, look, it, it's very sad, but for a contribution of a few dollars a day, you can ensure oh, that God. Clay has enough distraction and shiny baubles in his latest, uh, you know, Switch video game that he's not yeah. going to get distracted by the time herpes. If you come to my house and sit in this chair with this bag over your head, everything will be okay. <laughs> Talon's going to get that later. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, the funny thing is, we didn't actually come here to talk about time herpes. We just got distracted talking. And this is the problem. This is the origin of this podcast, really. It's that Clay and I like talking to each other. And I was like, we should just, like, record these. Seems like a plan. Uh, and we did have a plan. And we <laughs> And the plan is, look, man, no, no plan is survive's first contact with the enemy, and I am my own worst enemy. So, I'm glad you didn't go into the, to the other, the orderly version of, I've heard of that, which is um, no plan survives contact with the no, no plan survives first contact with no, the animal. I've had numerous anyway. great poop stories. None of them involve animals, actually. Huh. Anyway, so uh, airborne poo aside, let's talk about other things that fling shit because we're here to talk about gangs. Yeah. Are we? <laughs> yeah. Are we implying that gangs are? You know what? No, no. So yeah, like the, the the narrative of the gang in superhero fiction is weird and complicated. I mean, it's 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 related right, so to the narrative of crime, right? I, like actual crime, crime. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess, like very first thing, first thing out of the gate, just to clarify for anyone mm-hmm. who might be ambiguated on this point, I am supremely white and removed from America. So for me, a lot of the to- talking about gang is actually talking about imported language. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry, we have gangs. It's just we we think of gangs as an American thing. 
so there's going to be a lot of like talking about them as meteor objects which means i may say some things that like may sound like complete bullshit but i want you to understand that's because i've been sold complete bullshit and i'm aware that it's and more i am one half of three-fifths of a white person so all that stuff applies a 16th of the time i think yeah, but you also do live in America. That's the, it's the weird thing, because, like, gangs are not, like, a new thing. Like, it, in the broadest sense. Nah. Like, and new know. in terms of as old as America, right? Like, Oh, yeah, they're, they're the British gangs and, like, the, 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 um, the Tapper Boys and stuff like that. Like, this is old. Dude, like, the Pinkertons are basically a fucking feudalism has <laughs> some gang influence, you know? I've heard people refer to, yep. like, the old, like, assassin groups as kind of a gang, you know? It, yeah. Well, I mean, so so let's 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 get into what the gang is, and we'll talk about like what the gang can be yeah, especially used for and stuff like that. So you know, you were saying in the when context, I you to complain especially about my in the whiteness. context, right? Because like the gang has become like a synonym for just like generalized crime in superhero fiction. Because like, okay, it's giant monster, like rampaging through town. Is that a crime? Like, is somebody committing that? You know. But like yeah. it's a, it's it's generally filed as a disaster right. or an event. But then like, is it terrorism? And you know what like and how, how does that apply to like the bank robbery or just robbery in general or murder or rape or things like that? Mm-hmm. And gangs kind of fill that spot in a lot of modern superhero stuff where that they, that that's what crime is, right? But like we don't think about like the hand as a gang. Like maybe it's a cult. Yeah, there, there are typically if you hear the, the gang referred to as anything, it tends to be a cult. Yeah, but like there are a group of people who organize to do crimes. But those crimes happen to be like assassination and theft. But like, is the hand a gang? Yeah, and then there's the idea of a conspiracy, which is like a step above a gang. But at the same time, you also, if you go back to like the Adam West era of of, um, of superhero comics. Like not not just like the the comics when Adam West was on TV, but like the the comics that 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 draws from. Gang was also a term just used for a particular yeah. villain's goons, like the Penguins' gang and the Joker's Which is gang. Weird because a lot of times like there's a lot this debate like official debate about like how organized, particularly like street gangs that like law enforcement focuses on, actually are right. Because like a lot of the gangs in Mighty. Are just a bunch of fucking kids fucking around, like, and they're people die and bad things happen, but they're not like this massive criminal empire with all this fucking hierarchy and structure and shit. But that's a gang, right? So, like, what is that? Yeah, you know. So, so to to draw on some stuff from the real world, um, the general rule uh, for what a gang is is a gang is a surrogate mm. government. Uh, and like gangs form historically in response to absences of protection from the government or absences of government infrastructure um, you can also view certain church groups as a type of gang in this context where you know the you know people are having a hard time finding work or hard time finding basic ways of living and the church steps in and gives them you know access to people who do know that stuff or have access to that stuff and that's effectively what a gang does. Uh, the issue is that uh, once the gang becomes established as a thing, it starts being an organ that has its own values and starts behaving like a government does. 
which is it has territory and it has control and it wants to maintain and establish those things. It, see, like that, that that is the difference between like the function, the reality, or like the like the behavior of a gang versus like the classification. Because like according to the United States government, juggalos are a gang, and it's like, no, they're not. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the Proud Boys are not, according to the U.S. government, and they clearly fucking are. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so... Yeah, so so we can't get into the conversation about what the U.S. government classifies as a gang, or classifies as anything, because uh, there's a lot of... Well, there's just a lot of racism bound up in it. There's just tons and tons of proactive, aggressive racism. Now... One, one could then draw the line and point out that this suggests that juggalos participate in uh, experiencing racism in a way that white people know. normally don't. First of all, there are actually... But uh, that's, that's a whole conversation other for other right, people to like, have. There's a lot of fucking race in gangs, right? The gangs frequently like line up along racial lines. And in superhero yeah. fiction, you either have two things, right? Either they just do that, and you just have like you know the Punisher fighting Barracuda... And you have that. Or you have this weird, like, non-specific, non-defined, multi-ethnic crime gang from, like, the 90s. Where it's just, like, <laughs> the rainbow coalition of crime. And, and you know, Batman just punches these non-specific crime guys. And there's not a lot of analysis, right? It's like... Yeah. Which, incidentally, uh, like, on that note, I kind of love the Penguins gang for that front. Because, basically, they're people being paid by a really rich dude yeah that's the other thing right it's a pro like private militias which we have a bunch of in america unfortunately um that's the gang yeah but like because it defines itself differently and i mean like the black panthers gang not gang is it good or bad that they're a gang i well i mean like the language of gang in america is heavily racialized yeah, but like it, it, it is at a point where, like, you get Native American gangs, you get Latino gangs, and you get black gangs, but white people get other mm. terms. <laughs> yeah. So it's always going to be ha it's always going to be a hassle discussing the gang in in comics without grappling with the fact that yeah, this is absolutely a term that, if not inherently racist, is used to do a lot. Well, look at like this, right? The mafia is a gang. Which does not exist, which is in case anyone's listening. But um, <laughs> the mafia is a gang. Yeah, yeah, definitely not a, definitely not a thing. Yeah, it's a type of cheese. It's a gang, right? And like, the less ethnic, you know, the less Italian they are, the more like okay it is, right? Like you have the least Italian fucking like a mafia members, and they like they have a heart of gold or some shit, right? You know. <laughs> And then you yeah. have the extremely, you know, they're the super, like, swarthy, hairy dudes. And, like, oh, no, nah, these are, you know, they're, they're walking around with their fucking wife beaters and their, wow, they're their tank tops and their, like, gold chains. Oh, those are the fucking bad ones, right? <laughs> like, hey, what is Wilson Fisk, do you think, ethnically? Huh? Mm -hmm. Racially? What is he? Like, do you, do you mean? Because think about it. Well, I mean, in the Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they made a very good run at making him both Irish and Italian. Right, but then in like the comics, he also like does a lot of inexplicable sumo shit because of his connection to the hands. Like, like they're making him all of the like bad ethnicities except for black, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's basically everything but black, and and usually his offside is a black. Yeah, 
you can see the same thing that happens with Tobias Whale, uh, where Tobias Whale, by all standards, is a businessman who is connected to crime, but he's rep- he's represented as a as a gang leader instead. Mm. Right, because he's. I was going to say, like, unarguably black, but people will argue the point. I've had people argue the yeah, point for me, no, sorry, and I'm not an albino. <laughs> so I know. Yeah, just, just, uh, yeah, just, uh, the, uh, uh look, the nature of, of this entanglement in privilege and racism tends to cook down to it's not just immediately what people think when they look at you. It's things like, what do they say when they look at your name on a form? And what do they do when they were deciding whether or not to give your parents loans and in that way i am dead set certain that tobias whale uh definitely suffers from the effects of racism even if sometimes the cops look at him and go oh it's a white guy i won't pull him over right it's like a distance thing right and the funniest thing is like in the comics because like tobias whale fluctuates wildly between like weird monster person and like actual human being not even just in comics, yeah. even like directly comics adapted media. Because like, like okay, you I don't you've probably haven't seen a Suicide Squad Hell to Pay where Tobias Well shows up for like ten minutes. No. And for anybody who's seen that, tell me what Tobias Well is supposed to be. Or if you've ever seen the old Black Lightning comics, what is that thing yes. that he is? Because it's not a person; a it's a fish. Yeah. The funny thing, he's not even the only guy like that <laughs> in comics. Yeah, but 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 straight up, but straight up, the thing Tobias Whale was drawn to resemble was yeah. a fish, literally a whale. A yeah, white that's the, whale. That's, it's it's a gimmick, right? And they've folded that into something yeah, else. It's his thing. What's funny is if you read Black um, Lightning Year One, right? Tobias Whale just looks like a normal pale guy who might, you know it, you might not. It's it's it may be hard to place, right? But then magic happens, and he turns into a large monster thing. But, like, it's after... Like, like the magic happens, it's like the very end of the... You know, it's like a to-be-continued sort of thing. So it's like... I... 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 I <laughs> it's unclear what's happening there. You know? Yeah. The... The, uh... The fundamental, like... Racialization, like there was no, there's no way to discuss gang without getting into yeah. race stuff, um, and to do that, the other side of this is you kind of have to grapple with the fact that, to some extent or another, whiteness has been permeating comics for a long time after its genesis, <laughs> because at the very start, right, the people who were in comics were people who had whiteness temporarily extended to them and also withdrawn from them uh kirby and lee in particular uh, as jewish guys were white ish and they had to deal with a lot of that stuff and like jewish gangs were absolutely a thing in new york this is one of the this is one of the reasons why there's this whole idea of of the jews and the conspiracy because jewish communities look out for one another because Non-Jewish people keep doing. Do you think the Yancey Street Gang is a Jewish gang? Uh, the thing is I, Jewish. Look, uh, look, I I don't feel comfortable putting that label on it <laughs> because my people saying yes, this Jewish collaboration deserves the title of Jewish something like that goes bad places so consistently. I'm I want to I want to know. 
Because then there's like things. And the other thing is like the, the funny thing is like honestly, a lot of the Jewish gangs, especially during the the sixties and seventies, were kind of badass as hell. Like they were doing really cool stuff, um, like teaching kids to to how, how to do things that would like deniably keep them safe. What was that like? Baseball riot in Canada, the fucking pits, I think, or something. The Christie Pits riot, yeah, right. And like, like, the other thing is like, depending on how the, the local government in that area, like those groups of people may or may not have been classified as a gang to the like the outside, right? Even if they were just like a yeah. youth, you know, enrichment group or some shit, like, they showed up with a bunch of bats and fucked niggas up. So, <laughs> yep. Yep, bunch of Nazis showed up at a baseball game and went like, we're in charge here, and a bunch of people went, no, you're fucking not. (laughs) Uh, You you can also also look to, and like this is where we get to things like Antifa, uh, you can look to the the work in um, the Cable Street riots, where effectively um, the brown shirts opted to try and march on... Uh, on London to make a point of like we are we are important we support Hitler we are we are here and we are not going to be intimidated and that's why the my, my, my favorite picture of the whole thing is the leader of the right um, Oswald Mosley on his back looking up at a school teacher who's rolling up one sleeve it's just a fantastic I think photo the <laughs> interesting thing about like like the structure of gang and superhero fiction is always like a non-specific crime issue, and you never get to the reality of like, hey man, you could beat up, you could be the Punisher and murder everybody in this one gang, and the problem that they are yeah. either represent or exist to counter or are will not go away. And some of the more like you know downbeat superhero stories will address yeah. that, where it's like, yeah, I beat up the fifth straight gang or whatever, but like, this fucking neighborhood still sucks, doesn't it? So, like, what did I do? And, like, that's the thing of, yeah. you know, Batman, right? And, and like, the better, the better Batman stories actually grapple with this, where Batman makes the point that, like, the Wayne Foundation is doing shit on that front. The Wayne Foundation is, like, hiring, uh, uh, building schools and is making work programs and whatnot. And the big thing that people do to recruit is small, charismatic leaders pulling poor people away yeah from those systems it's uh it's it's some fucking menace to society shit uh god well, okay i'm fucked up now was it menace to society or boys in the hood you're not gonna get this talent but there was i'm really not gonna help you out on this one it was where they gave the, they, the, the writers made a point to give that dude multiple ways out like at several times in the movie before it goes bad for him like they gave him chances like and it, it, yeah. and it was just was it bill duke I, don't, I think I no. I think Bill Duke was just fucking menacing. It's been forever, man. I was like five. I don't remember, but <laughs> yeah, you should go rewatch but, it. I'm told it's really okay, good. They, they, I mostly remember the Wayne's parody. <laughs> don't be a menace to society while drinking your gin and juice in the hood. Oh no, <laughs> that's yeah. what happens. Those movies like fucking yeah, poison yeah, your brain yeah. for like the actual With... subject matter. But like they they gave him. And I, and I, all I have is the mental image of the of the gun off sequence where they just get steadily bigger and bigger guns. So no, they gave like they, they they have these ideas of like ways out. Anyway, and like like yo man, shit's way more complicated than just one guy punching people in the face, right? And there's only so far you can get with that. And and the other angle that we get a lot of is because like if you're like not in that space, 
it looks very cartoonish. So you get this very like the warriors approach to gangs, you know, where like everybody has these really ridiculous costumes. Like they're like, so like that's dumb, but I kind of love it. <laughs> Just because I like the idea, like instead of a real gang of like menacing people of whatever ethnicity you don't like, it's just like a bunch of dudes dressed as fucking Spartans or something, and like that takes it out of reality to that degree, because like from a narrative perspective, a gang gives you something that it it, it allows you to do. Yeah, it gives you. You're not fighting crime. You're fighting this group of people who you can identify at a distance, who like represent. You know, like it gives you identity. This is this is a known fact. Gangs give you identity. Yeah, uh, so the idea it, it, it's the term we use, by the way, in academia of meaning making. In the stories, give you a way to make meaningful things about your life. It lets you find a meaning in your in your life that you might not have otherwise had. Well, yeah, no, but what I mean is like it's a structural thing in terms of like how the story is told. Where like a while back we talked about like let's say Batman or whatever villain beats every major villain they have, right? All of them are gone, and their story would continue to be them just fighting random nobodies. And no new named villains or groups would ever be introduced. Crimeness. Right. You probably wouldn't want to watch that or read that or play that because that's nothing. But let's say it's a gang with a group and a name and a face, right? That makes a narrative you can follow better than just a non-specific fighting whatever, right? And that's something yeah. a gang, an actual named gang contributes, right? I mean, that's the difference between, like, just non-specific violent stories about crime in the inner city and no i'm taking on this specific organization with the specific goals with the specific purpose and the specific everything right and that's a structural thing like those stories are forgettable you probably don't remember stories about whoever fighting nobody but you remember you know this or that gang or this or that organization you remember hydra you remember you know aim you remember the hand even if well Eh, let's not overstate it on the hand. Yo, you know of the hand. And you know the kind of story you're going to get when the <laughs> hand is introduced, right? If I s- A racist one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but the point is, you know what parts are going to be there if you say so-and-so fights the hand. If you say fights a gang, you probably yeah. won't know. But if you say he fights the blank blank gang, you'll. if you say Black Lightning fights the 100, you know what you're going to get there. That means something, right? You got structure there. Yeah. And like the the axe gang, which oh, is God. like oh God, one, one of the things about gangs that's interesting so, is so much. Yeah, well, one of the things about gangs that's really amazing is that gangs, because gangs are about carrying and projecting an identity for you to make meaning around. Sometimes a gang is like a really amazingly effective character design in a tiny amount of space. So you do have things like like yeah, it's the axe gang, or it's the North Street Bowery's, or it's um. Oh, what's the name of the gang in, in Luke Cage Season 2? Uh, uh, the Yardies. The, the Yardies. Jamaican gang? That's a real gang. The Yardies. The real- Yardies. That's a, that, is, that is a real yeah. as fuck thing. Um, and and that's, that's a thing that stretches across three goddamn countries. That is not a small thing. Uh, but, like, Yardie. Like, just that word. It gives you a lot of stuff. Like, you don't see that word everywhere. And so when you see it, there's a part of your brain that's like, hang on, what can I attach to this word? It's just like if, if a gang was called the, the Shinodas, you might have this moment of like, hang is on, is this a Yakuza story? What's, what's going uh, on here? I wish. I, 
because the, the, the Yakuza series seems so very interesting. And like, I want to touch that and see what's there. Because there's probably a lot of fucking shit that should be in the episode being talked about in those games. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's not a superhero story, not really. It's much more of a true yeah, crime story. Yeah. And, you know, ostensibly, this is a podcast well, the, the, about to, to, like To bridge that gap, we can talk about the fucking the, the Saints, right? And the Saints Row. Like, Yeah, Saints Row, yep. Though, though, I, I know that the, there are a couple of characters that we're, like, quietly circling mm-hmm. around. Like, uh, in, in the episode about faces, you might remember this, uh, we, were, we were sitting there deliberately joking back and forth, avoiding mentioning Clayface, mm-hmm. specifically, because oh, of funny, your funny, name. Funny. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the thing, like, you know, we didn't say Clayface, and apparently... Uh, I was expecting this would annoy Corey, and I don't know, but I do know that last night, one of our listeners contacted me and said, why didn't you mention Clayface? <laughs> like, ah, shit. We were too subtle. But... Uh, but yeah, we have a situation here where there's a character that we're kind of circling around because it's interesting, but it's also deeply embarrassing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. You know who it is. Anyway, yeah. The Saints. Um, like... That's the joke of like, what are they, puckish rogues or what is what is the line? They're puckish rogues or some other thing. No, but puckish no, they, rogue. They, they, they like there's always like you're such a. Oh, there's he's like agent of chaos or, or or a scourge on society. I I, I exactly right, and that's rogue. kind of the angle, right? Because you look at fucking, you look at uh, was oh we are Robin, right? I like that story because that's a story of like a Robin gang being like formed on the internet it's very you know drr it's very antifa and here's the idea right yeah if that like would your superhero choice allow a gang to exist in their environment if they felt not in like a snitch way but you know like oh i i know this person but then like a that gang does you know that thing is not as threatening and you know like that's a that's a moral thing, right? Because if, if Batman beats up some kid doing graffiti, that's your very extreme Frank Miller Batman, who you don't want to follow, right? Yeah. But if he like just uh... yeah, and there's a certain degree of of um of with this with this whole thing, like there are certain character things that are absolutely gangs, and they just don't get referred to as gangs, like the Baker right. Street. And it's regulars. like okay, so what's the angle here, right? And what what is the interaction of the superhero with that space? Because like even like a fucking city of heroes or. This universe of champions, right? Things are mobs, right? And they're they're, they're, they're you you can identify what they're going to yeah. do to you based on their colors and shapes and shit. But like, what if you know, an update comes in like, no, here's that gang that you interact with, and they're okay. You don't fuck with them because you have let's say you have good rep with them, so you know, and they're a part of the environment, and maybe they do some shit you need to stop, but they're useful to you, right? And then, that, what does that say about you? What's your morality there? Yeah, yeah, uh, and that, and that gets you back to that. That gets mm. you back to that idea of the surrogate government. Like we all, the weird thing is, like a government exists to basically make supposedly external choices about the appropriate use of violence. Like hypothetically, yeah, that's what right? government the government sub- to has do. that monopoly on violence. Like, that doesn't who gets, who it gets directed at because you're supposed to. Uh, yeah, depending on how good your government is. <laughs> yeah, and and so, yeah, and so when a sur- when a gang shows up and a gang is a surrogate government, and that surrogate government gets to do those same choices, and like, 
because it's made up of people that are close to you, there's a certain degree of like, hang on, I could just disagree with it. Uh, which is like, you know, supposedly what's meant to happen when it comes to other kind of government situations. But you know, rise up. Uh, anyway, uh, but that situation sits in more or less the same spot where you have, uh, you, you have this whole spectrum of possible ways of interacting with power but when it isn't a government that's big and externalized and super superimposed on the society you're dealing with, and it's actually just something some people do, and you have to make choices about it, it becomes really hard to just blanket as like, oh, well, it's the government. Like, you, you start having opinions about whether or not what it's doing We can is fucking just... look at, like again, like Black Lightning, where the degree to which the government is involved in Tobias Whale's business, and by extension, the 100... And, like, okay, what well, is the breakdown there, right? Because, like, the 100 is distributing uh, fucking Greenlight in the first season, but they're distributing it on behest of a yeah. government agency, which they've later said, oh, he's rogue or whatever, but, like, whatever. that just means that just means that they hid the paperwork, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's not, not meaningful as a, as a cover-your-ass move. But, the, but when you have that in mind of, like, okay, a, a gang is a surrogate government and it exists to serve uh, a whole range of purposes you are suddenly in this position where you can look at this government in terms of things it's doing from point to point it's not this whole government is bad and it needs to be thrown thrown in the trash it can be all right what you're doing here is bad and i'm going to personally and individually stop it because i have that much power but also the cousin to that which is Look, this is making sure that no one goes and messes with with uh, Granny Bumble's uh, uh, place, and no one no one smashes the porch light at Granny Bumble's house. Like, yeah, fine. Like, and that's, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> that is a thing that happens, I think, with more organized structures, right? Because again, like, if you have a pack of fucking kids just doing whatever, they're not going to have that like degree yeah. of intent like respect for your community respect for the people in your community right but once it gets like to a certain size they start having just because of fucking processes right like yeah but and that's where we get to uh the, the intersection with the interesting real world studies of real world gangs um such as oh i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck this name up oh god uh <clears throat> sudia venkatesh mm. sudia S-U-D-H-I-R. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm so sorry. Uh, I- I'm going to go with Venkatesh, um, who was uh, who- who's an econ- economist with the University of Chicago, who basically spent a couple of years in a crack gang in the 1990s. Okay, so like the phrase "crack gang" and and and, yeah. and has like a drug dealing ring. Okay, yeah. continue. Uh. He he uh he was he was originally doing a uh, research like he was a grad student he was doing a I think it was a PhD on uh, black people and housing distribution and if you can't guess by the name Sudhir Venkatesh he's not white yeah. but he's not also black. Uh, yeah <laughs> how do you yeah <laughs> I want to see like the intro, like the fucking I don't know the sign ups or whatever <laughs> well like. So, so the thing with Sadia is that he was, he, like, th- this is all written about at length in the book uh, Freakonomics by Stephen Dubner. Um, it's not, like, 
I don't I don't want to sit here and go like uncritically. Oh yes, go pay attention to what Stephen Dubner has to say because the guy is a bit of an asshole, and uh, like sometimes he will say things that uh, draw from his conclusions. He likes simple solutions to things. But Stop uh, clock, this know? particular story about Venkatesh, yeah, you know, a particular story about Venkatesh is really important because um, one of the details is that Venkatesh was a grad student at this point, and I don't know if you ever dealt with a grad student. I'm a grad student. I do not own a college shirt. I do not own a tie. I own one pair of shoes, and I spend most of my secondary income on board games, uh, right? Like, I don't look like I'll the man. I need you to buy some more shoes. I mean... <laughs> What are you planning to do with my shoes? No, I just—you you need a pair of boots for work. You need a pair of gym shoes for running. You need something comfortable. Like you need some more shoes, man. That's bad for your feet. I am worried about your feet. I, I actually, I actually genuinely do need to get myself some gym shoes for running because running with a dog in yeah, boots I, I is need just you to shit. for your own, for your back and for your shoe, feet and for your ass and yeah, for all your parts. Yeah, like, yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Anyway, the point is that uh, Venkatesh uh, did not look like a researcher to the people of this community. Uh, he would turn up with a clipboard, but he was wearing like a jeans and t-shirt and he had uh, like loose black hair all the way down to the small of his back and like like a, like a big bushy beard. Like he, he, he was he was basically an... Uh, like I think it's the first episode of the, one of the seasons of Queer Eye where they describe meeting the Sasquatch. It's like, yeah, he just looked like a big fuzzy Indian guy. Um, so that meant that he got to deal with a couple of these gangs who definitely did not want to partake in his... Uh, surveys on population and housing but he did wind up entangled and it's a really interesting story uh he did wind up entangled in like examining the economics of how crack gangs worked and like what drug dealers were actually making in terms of money and it's a it's, it's genuinely a groundbreaking study and there is some harrowing shit in it but some of the stuff that it includes in it is the description that um a lot of the people in the gangs one of the things they were hanging out in the gangs was for was for references. Oh yeah, if you, if it's you, you know people like if you need anything. Hey, I need this. I need that. Well, I know a guy who could do that for you, or I can do this or that. Like it's a fucking social group. Yeah. They're people. If you're around people, you'll know people and they'll yeah. have like as as fucking grosser as to say, people are a resource, and you have access to people who can help you access things you need. Yeah, the 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 like specifically work re- references. Like, Venkatesh being, like, the gang was like, hey, we've got Venkatesh, you should come and, like, become part of our gang because Venkatesh works for a university. And they're like, what does that mean? It means he can give you a reference and you can get a job as, like, a custodian at a school. And, like, there were people who were competing to hang out Mm. with Venkatesh for this. Because the drug dealers in this situation, I think this is late 90s, they were making about as much money as... There is this fucking thing that happens in fiction where a kid will be, like, influenced to, you know, get involved with drugs because, like, the drug dealer drives a nice car and, like, oh, this is how you make money. And it's like, man, that ain't always how... I've worked. I have worked with drug dealers. And they're like, I do... This is my job, but it still doesn't pay enough, so I still fucking sell (laughs) rocks on the side or whatever. It's like, yeah, no, fucking... Like, hey, the... Overwhelmingly, drug dealers uh, live with Mm. parents or house share. They they routinely... And and, and then you have to look like, okay, why are you getting a job here and not getting a job at McDonald's? Like, if the pay is the same. And the answer is, the secondary benefits of being in a gang kick the shit out of being there's also the working for like, McDonald's like, recidivism 
air quotes, problem of if you have ever done it before and you ever got caught doing it, guess what you're going to have a hard time doing in the future? Any fucking thing else, right? It's a, it's a trap in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And 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 this means that there's a there's a cycle at work here and it's a cycle that benefits from being able to to treat the people involved in it as kind of like replaceable entities. Um, and indeed, like much like McDonald's, there are people at the top of this who are getting ridiculously rich despite having to do nowhere near the same level of work or expose themselves yeah. to the same level of risk. Like this is one thing about like Breaking Bad that's actually pretty uh, uh, accurate, which is a lot of the people at the top of these lists. Oh yeah, are, like business people, and there's like, a joke about a lot of you know, barbershops and fucking you know, beef patty shops and shit, where it's like, yeah, this is this is you know where I keep my money basically, but this is not where I make my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and and this this is all like, and when you talk at like the surrogate government thing. All right. If you live in a housing commission, I, I don't know if that's what they call them in America, a housing estate, something like that. If you live in like one of these poor areas where everyone you know is black, there are enough people with guns around, and there are enough. There's enough acknowledgement that you will not get protection from the rule of law. If you have the choice between I can go work at McDonald's and get no protection from the rule of law and get you know potentially endangered by other people or I can work for this gang and it doesn't even have to be drug dealing it can be yeah I work for this gang and I clean their house like that's that's one of the other things that happens um I wind up better off because I have some protection from a society around me and that's the thing about like so many times when gangs get treated in comic books gangs are treated as like a hobby like, you do gangs because crime. Like, it's just a thing that you get into, but, like, you're never you're never doing it because, well, shit, I mean, it's Yeah, like, there's, like, again, there's the, like, serious gang drama story that happens in some superhero fictions, like, in your Daredevils or in your Nightwings or things like that. And then there's just, like, the, you know, gangs yeah. as set piece for some other thing stories where it's like, we just need a bunch of bad guys who dress the same so we can identify them, you know? And... Like, that structure, like, like I mean, that, that's true of anything, right? Like, that's, uh, uh, there's a version of the story that explores the issues, and there's a version of the story that doesn't, right? And whether or not it takes whatever side of the issue, or whether or not it, what its opinion on the issue is, there is that first step you have to cross. Are we going to talk about this, or do, address this, or are we just using it as set dressing? It's like a story about, a, I don't know, a hurricane, Right? Are we going to talk about why there's a hurricane or why the hurricane is fucking up the city so bad because of the infrastructure? Or are we just going to have the hero save some people? Hmm. Right? Yeah. And, like, that's that's one of those questions about what are you using the superhero story for? So, I guess I've circled around it enough. Do we want to talk about the first time... Like, the first time comics tried to make a positive gang character? Oh! I, yo, man, you know more about wow. Look, I'm yeah. just sound wave on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you said that earlier, and I'm like, what is he talking? What? You clearly have more material on this guy than I do. So please go ahead. <laughs> All right. So um, during the early '90s, there was 
like we're, it's a well-known fact that the early 90s comic books did this thing where they were trying to get a bit darker and a bit grittier and a bit edgier um, usually is a direct response to the success of Watchmen and the Dark Knight Rises uh, sorry the Dark Knight Returns right um, one of the things that tried to happen was they wanted to try and make the Justice League a bit more interesting so they made the Justice League of Detroit which starts when Aquaman basically decides like there's no, there's no event comic preceding this. It's just one day Aquaman's like, no, uh, I'm dissolving the Justice League. Like, I, I have paperwork and I can just go like, yep, Justice League's over now. And everyone's like, oh, damn, I guess that's how it is now. And all the heroes go their separate ways, more or less, which is very silly, I know. But bear with me, this is comic books. This sounds very post-crisis. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's a deeply weird story. Um, but this, uh, this dialogue about, um, about, uh, uh, how how about, sorry, about how, um, Aquaman can just stop the, uh, the, uh, the Justice League and a bunch of people who were like second stringers and low level people in the Justice League are like, no, we still want a Justice League. And, and like Green Arrow's like, I'm sorry, the paperwork says, it's like, oh, well, shit, I guess fuck Aquaman. That is the most un-Green Arrow I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) It's actually one of the first places I saw the word "damn" written down. Like, he he, he looks to, he looks away and sad and is like, "Damn," because like I had a kid's Bible before that point with the word "damn" was always blocked out. Anyway, oh, mine was I think mine was Ninja Turtles. The <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not good. All right, it's just not good. Anyway, um, but they proceeded to bring together a bunch of Justice League second stringers and nobodies. The only one who I can remember is Plastic Man. So, like, that's one of your founding members. Good times. Um, and then they went to Detroit to fight, to, to use an old Justice League building as their base of operations. And while they were there, they picked up a whole bunch of different characters. Uh, oh. Uh, this, this also was an attempt to try and address the certain whiteness of the Justice League. So they introduced... So Gypsy uh, was involved. Yes... <laughs> I figured I'd cut that for you. I, I figured you were... I could sense you, like... So, I hey, don't, let me do that for him. <laughs> I don't like saying her name. I feel really guilty saying her name. Like, I know it's not the same level, but it does feel like they basically named a hero the N-word. Putting <laughs> here. Three, two, and we're going. one. Sink. Two, one, sink. And that's how yeah. you play Kane. Uh, so the the nature. Sorry, so uh, it, it's like it's like if they introduced a character called the N word. I like I I couldn't bring myself to talk about them very easily. Um, but so they also introduced a, a black guy called Dale Gunn, who like he was an incredibly forgettable dark guy in like power armor with guns. Uh, and then they tried to introduce. Uh, they introduced. The first Hispanic heroic character, Francisco Paco Ramon, mm. aka Vibe. Is yeah. Vibe is cool. Eventually, Vibe was introduced breakdancing. Look, man. He was fighting people while breaking. I don't have an answer to that, but look. <laughs> I don't have a solution to that problem, but, like, <laughs> it's not the worst thing. Vibe was in a gang. 
See, now, I didn't know that. I just assumed he would like. I assumed he was a superhero who liked breakdancing. So this is all new. Yeah, and, and and one of the first Vibe scented stories was about his brother coming back from out of town, which was a problem because his brother was in a gang. That sounds really rough. See, they both joined gangs oh, because their father left them. Mm. Because their dad well, was in know, a gang. Those... Well, you know, those ethnics aren't very good fathers anyway, so... But then they were raised by their uncle. Who was in a gang. Who was in a gang. <laughs> so far, I've mentioned four gangs. None of them are the same oh, gang. Not the... I was, I was gonna... It's not the same gang! No. That's unfortunate. <laughs> so, like, on the one hand, I can almost appreciate the idea of, like, let's show the different political tensions between these different gang groups, but that's not what it translates to. Vibe joined the Justice League, and that was now his new gang, his new people. So, he became a cop, I guess? You would be surprised <laughs> when that yeah. happens. But, yeah. did he... Okay, so it's eighty. So I'm assu- I'm assuming without knowing that he peppered his speech with all kind of weird Spanglishisms. But did he also like uh-huh. say gang stuff, like as Justice League? He okay, whatever so, gang stuff is. So this took me a long time to understand as a kid, uh, but Vibe never used the word "you." He instead wrote the word "C H U." Shoo! Oh. Oh. Yeah. What you doing? What you do- yeah. Yeah. How you going? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was and it wasn't a matter of like, you know, them phoneticizing the accent because he he like when you have a stop. No, he would start sentences like, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Huh. Well, I mean, that kind of happens. But like not like that. <laughs> that's a language thing you, the, the, yeah. the, the, that is like in the middle of sentences you don't open with that <laughs> yeah you don't you don't you that, just that, don't that, that leads the words together that doesn't I'm, I'm debating grammar and I'm not <laughs> yeah no and like there is not this is the thing Tony Morrison wrote about how writing a, a black woman as a black woman writes is important and meaningful and it carries with it the ability to be heard in fictional work Paco did not speak as a Latino teenager would speak a Latino teenager speaking he was written by white guys like an agglomeration of white guyness I mean he's doing okay now <laughs> Although, you know, I haven't, don't think I've seen Vibe in any kind of, like, those big Justice League group shots we get. Is he doing alright? <laughs> like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was in a TV show and had a, he has a pretty significant role, but, like, has that gone back? Like. Look, honest, honest to God, I, I think that the fact that he has an actor is an enormous factor in improving Vibe. Oh yeah, cause because that, that guy is not the guy you described. Yeah, no, no, and and Vibe is now effectively a very different person, and is in part being influenced and insulted by an actor who is like, like a Hispanic person. Uh, so like, 
you're gonna get a lot less and like his brother's not in a gang his brother was a pianist and the whole point of the character and the family like don't be wrong there is a different set of extremely fraught racial stereotypes around the overperforming latino kid who has to, whose mother holds everyone to the standards of the best kid like that's that's a thing but at least it's a thing that isn't yes we're in all we're all in gangs and we all carry flick knives and we all talk in mangled english it, it's a it's a it's complicated <laughs> as it would be yeah but like it like that narrative right that's everybody's in a gang and a different gang and like like again there's some there's some pathos there of you know the, the the trouble of the area and what have you it's just you know the weirdest thing about that is that's that story is set in Detroit in like the 80s and like you took all the dumb bullshit out you could probably tell the exact same story in Detroit in the 2010s cause damn Detroit god damn Michigan ugh <laughs> oh, fuck like that, like, like people, like talk about. Oh, what about Chicago thing a lot? Like as a, yeah. But like, hey, what about fucking Michigan? Yeah, it's crazy. But that dynamic of gangs interacting and gangs, there's there there's meat on them bones, you know. I just, I, I guess they used unseasoned meat to to extend this metaphor. I suppose I don't know that's weird but so like Luke Cage right Luke Cage was in comics like Luke Cage was actually a criminal that's the thing that the movies or the TV show whatever kind of skips over it's like Luke Cage totally did them crimes that he got arrested for or if not those crimes some other crimes so like but you know and then he eventually goes on to join like the just not the, the Avengers or various incarnations of the Avengers and that interaction is way different right like you have a you know a extra gang member in your group doing stuff and kind of gets addressed I'm still kind of dubious like I've turned around on that conversation Luke Cage had with Blue Marvel you know like I like that's I definitely think someone would say... I think someone black would say that to, Blue, you know, Blue Marvel. And I do think that he would say the sort of things he said to yeah. Luke Cage. And that, but, like, it varies. Especially, like, modern Luke Cage. Because they want to get him away from that. Because he's... In modern times, he's meant to appeal to, like, 40-year-old black men. And... Yeah, also, there's a certain degree to which he wants to be yeah, well yeah, Yeah, and not just, like... The black guy knowing it work gets right. mad about, and so like a lot of that's not there anymore, right? Again, we've made that full no. transition to where oh no, Luke Cage used to be a cop, and he was framed, and he's from Savannah, Georgia, which is fucking weird. <laughs> that's extremely weird, yeah, but like that's gone, and like there's space for that, right? Like again, that's why I like the whole We Are Robin thing, and I'm a bit disappointed that he, you know. Duke Thomas is just another uh, just another Bat family member at this point. Like, like in his solo book he had, which for, had Batman's name in it, but was a solo book. Uh, he interacted with former members of his group, but the dynamic they had is gone. Right, that like the rah rah dynamic of like this mystery gang of kids doing stuff like that's gone, and they're just like supporting cast members now. You know, they're like his Mary Jane and his, you know, his. 
not Alfred per se, but the Gat crew. And again, like that dynamic about like the idea of what a gang is from the inside of it in a superhero setting is super interesting. And the closest thing we have is Durara, where we have, you know, Celti, who's not quite a superhero, but like if I lived in the same neighborhood as her yeah. and Ivan and she's She's kind. She's kind of an interesting example of of uh, of what a gang can do as far as framing and context go. Because mm-hmm. Kelty is basically a monster. She, but she's their monster. And like, like her presence and like the presence of that that does add that superhero aspect to the narrative, you know. And you know, like like weird, like unstoppable forces like Shizuo and Ivan, like in just in town and not always taking sides, but like we're gonna be around. You know, and the fucking what was, what was the what was the knife ghost's name again? She also serves as like almost almost like a deific influence of like you can't get too rowdy right. or she gets right. Fucking but what involved. was the name of the? I completely forget the actual name of the the knife spirit, the stabby. Go- but like that, yeah, I do too. That <laughs> let's like, call him Stabson. Like, so you have like you have different types of gang situations happening, right? You have one like a regular ass street gang of kids. You have at least two different mafias. Like, there's the Russian mafia in the later seasons, and then there's the Yakuza. Yeah. Then you have the Dollars, which is, like, this weird, like, modern Antifa-esque, like, gang situation. They're, they're a decentralized gang made right. to be members of a gang. Like, and that's then, the whole mm-hmm. thing they did. They said, hey, wanna make, what, we want to make a gang. How about right? And then you have... What... Is that a cult? Is that something complete? That's a, that feels like what you would call an outside context problem, right? The knife ghosts, right? Because like, yeah, they're not a cult in that way. Because like, that implies a certain degree of personal agency that they don't have, right? But they function as a group of people, right? Yeah. And that that's like everybody should watch that show, uh, because that's. And it's very, it's very interesting very like show. these different dynamics of how groups of people interact, right? And because it's, you know, a, like a, it has to be a sh- tight narrative, we focus on central figures, but, like, that's really interesting because, like, in City of Heroes, you don't have the full, we don't, obviously because we're co- we primarily into get engaged with these characters as fighting against them, we never really break down those dynamics of, okay, so how does this cult interact with this hive mind, interact with this mafia, interact with this government militia interacting with these gangs right the most you'll get is you'll find them fighting in the streets like when the column yeah and the uh and the council you know those stories of them coming back and fighting which like <laughs> y'all do that y'all y'all yeah nobody has to win yeah yeah y'all yeah, can i lose. think the dumbass is about to everybody cut can shithead. lose it's cool. i'm fine with mind. that but like that right <laughs> double fatal ko that would be super interesting to like actually get into right because, like, the Hellions fight the Skulls. What does that mean? Really? Right? Especially, like, mm. well, let's ignore the weird, like, fake, like, Slovak, you know, uh, uh, fucking Slavic thing they did with the Skulls. Like, it, do you remember that when they had the, like, when they were first doing the revamp of the Skulls in, like, beta? Right when the game got shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they, when they were considering making it so that the skulls yeah. were all uh, deriving from Cheneborg. Which, by the way, a bunch of players were already doing their own made-up nonsense that, stuff with Cheneborg, and they were kind of pissed. In that space, right? Where you create this space, right? And yeah. you have these pieces. 
and you're like, okay, here's what the skulls are. It's probably pretty vague, and you know, you can build something off it. That's what other people do. And then, like, ten years later, like, okay, no, but here's what's actually happening. And that just fucking, it's, what it is, is it's fucking incarnate all over again, but in a smaller scale. <laughs> but no, that I, yeah, like, what it, What are the relationship of the gangs in Paragon? What, like, what? And, and, like, there is actually a whole bunch of different plot arcs that relate directly to that question. Like, there is, this is a question that the game, the game wanted to examine. Like, the trolls were doing distribution for the skulls who were doing break-ins for the outcasts and so on and so forth. Like, there were actually, like, something of an ecosystem. But, broadly speaking, the idea right, of treating them as surrogate right? governments wasn't being addressed. <clears throat> mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, it, it was much more obvious in the Rogue Isles, where a whole bunch of these groups were effectively saying, this is our turf, and they were fighting with longbow and corrupt cops right it's like the scrapyarders are the gang we have a clear idea of their relationship to everything else right you know sometimes that idea will wake up yeah. and walk down the yeah. street <laughs> yeah but right. also fuck that fuck those guys it, and it, fuck everything it, and again that's because you're you're if when you're playing it from the perspective that i'm the good guy so anybody i'm opposing must be a bad guy versus I'm a bad guy, so everybody I'm opposing can be a wide variety of things. That's where you get that different level of complexity, right? Like, you're a villain, so you could be fighting anybody. You spend a lot of time fighting, you know, yeah. other bad guys because you live on Bad Guy Island, but that complexity is there. Yeah. It's super cool. And and again, you have the idea of the superhero as this, like, anyway. outside figure who exists like that the idea of like let's say spider-man having to manage these different interactions between different gangs because nobody like none of the gangs know they can beat him but they all recognize him as a factor right that would be interesting but the other thing is how many gangs in serial comics persist like what is a lot like let's okay let's say that the hand is not a gang and that aim and hydra etc are not gangs what is the longest standing superhero comic gang? Intergang, I guess? I can't think of any that really last because characters tend to move past them. It's it, it, it's an individual storyline. You never have, like, no, actually, you didn't get rid of the Bloods and the Crips. You, so they're still here. And that's a thing you have to continuously interact with and deal with as a part of your real world. Example. But that's, like... Because even fucking um, the Falcones, right? They stop being a thing after a while. You know. In fact, if memory serves, they are a retroactive thing that has always not existed. Because I don't think the Falcones existed be- like pre-crisis in non, you know, past stories like Year One and you know, uh, Long Halloween and stuff. They have always existed as a thing that used to be, right? Am I miss? But like, and then again, even then, like, there's a certain. I guess difference between the way yeah. these gangs interact. There's no street gangs that are like staples of their environment. That would be something to see. Whereas, like, no, there's just just one gang that Batman can't get rid of, so he has to deal with them in a different way. Which is kind of the idea that Red Hood wants to run crime in his first appearance implies that yeah. that's happening off screen, right? Implies that criminal syndicates continue to persist in spite of Batman's efforts, and that you know. Uh-huh. That's happening. There are gangs that exist outside of 
what we've seen, and then he's going to manage them in that way. But we don't see that in a real way. Like, we're told that that's happening, and now he's going to change it, right? In reality, like... I'm sorry, but like I'm yeah. I'm I'm working through this myself. I'm like, well, who who? Again, there's always the non. That's the thing, right? The mafia or the magia in a lot. Of, like I think they call them the magia. In, I guess that counts in Marvel because, but like that's like a broad concept that changes. You know, like it's there. Yeah. It's always there, but like these specific organizations is never really a thing, right? It's never these guys, this name, this face. It's more just Italian crime. Right or Japanese crime or Russian crime, but it's never no these guys. They're always here. Like Hawkeye fought a Russian or I want to say I I don't want to say they're Russian. They're definitely <laughs> Eastern European, and they call them the fucking uh, tracksuit dragulas. That's not their name, but that's what Hawkeye calls. That's what Hawkeye calls them. So that's what I'm conceiving them as. But like he fights them and. That was a good Hawkeye series. Mostly because it was an Iron Fist series. But... <laughs> but, like, that organization was for a specific storyline. And then they go away. And, like, I don't know if they're appearing in other comic books that may or may not have Hawkeye in them. Because I don't follow Hawkeye. I read that one run. And I was like, that's good. I had that. That was a nice meal. I don't need any more. I don't need. I'm done. Yeah. So, so I guess at this point we've kind of like we basically got a handle on like what comics can do to do gangs badly. We have examples of when they do them as a presence. Uh, I can't think of any times I've seen them really done well. Uh, because that because again you need that that insight of the surrogate government. You need that idea that like gangs are a thing that happen for a reason. Uh, and I remember you mentioning that there was a superhero series that starts with uh, the cops basically gassing all the gangs. Oh my fucking god. I was wondering... <laughs> all this time. All this time we haven't talked about the Blood Syndicate. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I, like, I, we mentioned that in, like, the first fucking episode of the podcast. I'm like, okay, well, this is the chance for Clay to really flex on this one. And, like, did you forget? I, here's the thing. I've read bits and pieces of the Blood Syndicate, and they also appear in other stuff that I've read. They appear in Static. And they appear in Icon. You know, they, they are persistent... Oh my god. <laughs> they are a persistent yep. force who exists within the narrative and they don't go away throughout the entire course of the fucking story of Milestone because that's what happens. And they take over and... Oh my... How did I let this happen to myself? <laughs> yeah, but no. They're, they're, the Blood Syndicate is a fit. And they exist. And you ain't gonna do shit about them because they have superpowers in this context. But... They own Paris Island. They live there. That's their place. And, like, the bridge is gone, so, like, hmm. But. And, and incidentally, that's an example of that thing that a government does, where a government has, like, a monopoly on power to use violence. In this case, they're saying, okay, we have a monopoly on power to use our superpowers. Uh, so we are a surrogate government, and the only thing that can really get, get involved in us is, similarly, other governments. And, yeah, and, and. You know, Icon and Static and Hardware and they have to fucking manage them and work around them and, and, and interact with them in whatever way they're going to do it because they're a thing, they're not going away and they're a function of the society they live in, right? They're there because their society, you know, 
basically sold itself to rich assholes who said, yeah, we're going to test fucking experimental radiation, fucking reality-bending chemicals on people. And they tit and... Jesus. Yeah. I'm, I, thank you, Talon. I cannot believe we almost got through a whole episode <laughs> this didn't talk about the Blood Syndicate. Oh. Y'all yeah. go read Milestone Yeah, books. kind of Get dizzying, you can. Man. Go read Milestone. <laughs> oh, my right. God. So like Everything I said, oh, man, they should do this. They did. Every... If, yeah. <laughs> when you listen to this podcast, this episode, I want you to go back and tell you listen to this twice, please. And rate us on iTunes or some shit. Thank you. But Yeah, yeah, we we, we actually do we would like it if you told your friends about us and shared us and you know we were yeah, kind of this stuff. Every we've had several fucking recording issues in this very <laughs> recording right now. But Every time you yep. hear me say, man, they should do this. Or, Have they ever done that? Just replace this with, they did this in fucking Blood Syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will, in the footnotes, in the footnotes for the, for the podcast, I'll try and make sure I put that <laughs> oh in. Oh my God. All right. So. So yeah. With that said, uh, that was From the Rooftops, a podcast about superheroes. That was Clay. And that was Talon. And you are all in our gang now. So uh, go out there and make that money. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and just so you know, our enforcer is a daywalker. Well, actually, in the Blade TV show, uh, Blade used to be in a game called the Bad Bloods, who would, like, pick him up when he was, like, a kid. I was drinking! <laughs> <laughs> so, they think... They're the Bad Bloods, really? So, like, they find him as, like, a wild vampire, and apparently he turns them all in their sleep or some shit, and then... <laughs> and... <laughs> And, and they take care of him like do like if you watch the movies, you remember this period where like Whistler finds him as like a like a feral kid eating homeless people, and like this is after he left them, but before he like was a child. he was in the show slash movies which spin off is a child he runs away from home after his vampirism gets too hard and like these gang picks him up and takes care of him then he turns them then he runs away from them and they just live their whole lives kind of suffering because guess what none of the vampire houses want to deal with the people that blade turned into vampires so they're vampires they're criminals and they can't even be in like the vampire power structure so they're very mad at him for ruining their lives so they show up in an episode or two yeah it's kind of interesting uh their boss's name is Steppen Razor <laughs> so that's when you can end the podcast right, fine <laughs>